Hi and welcome to another episode of Transformations with Jane. Uh, today I am interviewing Lindsay Sawada. She is from the UK and she's lived in Tokyo for 21 years. So she is my senpai, so someone who's been here longer than me. Um, she is she calls herself a yogi yeah so um we talk a little bit about what that means and about her yoga studio which she has in setagaya in tokyo and yeah we have lots of great stuff to talk about it's a very fun episode um i think you'll really really enjoy it and i'd really love it if you could listen to the end and hear the the great offer that Lindsay has for listeners of this podcast so I'm really excited that, yeah, we have our first cool offer <laughs> um, here. So, yeah, definitely listen to the end. And, yeah, we talk about lots of things about being in Japan, about learning Japanese, about, um, yeah, how she met her husband, how she came to start her yoga studio and some of the things that she had to go through um, to get there. And, yeah, just she sounds like she is a real challenge challenge taker yeah <laughs> it was so much fun talking to her so yeah please have a listen i hope you enjoy it Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Hi, Jane. Hi. Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks. It's nice it's, to be here. Yeah. <laughs> exciting to have you on here. And you're, yeah, you're excited to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So the reason why you're here today is because you asked me to be on the podcast <laughs> a little bit cheeky wasn't it yeah because we don't really know each other very well do we <laughs> well that's the thing but you know asking gets you things doesn't it so it here we are talking and I'm really excited to have this chance to talk to you because otherwise um you were yeah we wouldn't get to know each other so exactly um, yeah. yeah yeah so I just wanted to mention that because um it is very powerful just you know asking Yes. Well, I listened to your podcast um, on the way to work, driving, um, the one with Jackie Miyabayashi. Yes. And I thought it was really nice. And it was really nice to spend an hour driving. I usually work from, I've got a studio at home, but I drive um, twice a week to a different studio where I teach there. And yeah, it was a really great way to, to get to work, listening to that rather than listening to some music for a change. Oh, so okay. yeah, yeah, really nice. Well, thank you for that. It's it's really great to hear, you know, how people are listening to it, you know, when they're listening to it um, yeah. and that you enjoyed the chat with Jackie. So if, you know, if anyone hasn't listened to that one yet, that was one of the, um, I think it's maybe episode four, I think. Yes. And um, it, it's a really nice sort of, yeah, intro to, you know, life in Japan and being, a, yes. um, you know, married to a Japanese person. And this is something that, yeah, you and I also have in common. Yes, yeah? we do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, well, I have lived in Japan for, uh, oh gosh, this year it's 21 years. It'll be. Mm. Um, and yeah, I am a yoga instructor. I've got a little studio in Setagaya in Tokyo um I am married to a Japanese guy I've got one child um I've got a cat 
and I'm basically happy-go-lucky. That's me in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, so um, you are. You mentioned you are a yoga or a yogi. Yeah, a yogi. Yourself, yeah. I'm a yogi. You yes. call yourself a yogi. Yes. Um, and yeah, what what is a yogi like? What, what is a yogi? yogi? What does a yogi do? <laughs> a yogi practices yoga. So um, yeah, I teach yoga. I consider myself uh, my life to be quite sort of yogic, um, spiritual. I practice yoga pretty much every day. Um, I'm a vegetarian. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think my main practice is um, an asana practice, like the physical practice of yoga, doing okay. poses, and I meditate every day as well. Yeah, they're the two main things that I consider myself to be mm. a yogi, yes. So to be, you know, in the, this yogic practice that you just mentioned, there is yeah. the actual practice of the yoga yes. and then the the meditation part and what are the yes. other parts of it that... well there are eight limbs of yoga and um it's um well I, I can tell you them all it's yamas niyamas asana pranayama pratyahara uh dharana hang on what have i got to samadhi and dhyana yes yeah, it's all different uh, forms of yoga so breathing posture like a sense of withdrawal meditation um moral disciplines um bliss and enlightenment that kind of thing yeah mm, okay yes and is is the dietary thing a part of yoga or is that just an optional extra um i have been a vegetarian on and off of gosh for many years and the reason that I was uh, that I came back to it uh, and it became easy to come back to it was my daughter had had to do a, um, a dissecting a mouse at school and they dissected it from being live they actually oh no yeah which was I, I don't think that would happen in my no. country yeah and she was really disturbed by it but kept talking about it a lot and um and then, but she would leave the meat on her plate. And it was a, two or three days before I noticed. And she said, I never want to eat meat again. And for me, that was great. Because the reason that I was eating it is because I didn't want to cook separately for myself mm. and the family. I, offer, I, didn't, I didn't eat a lot of meat anyway. But um, yeah, so I, for about, uh, I suppose about a year now, I've been completely vegetarian and quite, quite mostly vegan, actually. Yeah, I don't eat a lot right. of um, dairy or anything <coughs> like that either. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting yeah. how your um, your daughter sort of wanting to be vegetarian helped you to just be vegetarian. You know, you wanted to yeah. be vegetarian anyway. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Just... Well, it's a, it was a time consuming thing, actually. And when yeah. I've been vegetarian before, it's sort of like it ramps up everybody else's needs in the house to eat meat somehow. <laughs> Which okay. is ridiculous. So I would I would sort of not be I would be vegetarian for a few weeks and not mention until they noticed that they weren't eating meat in the mm-hmm. house. <laughs> and then suddenly all they wanted to eat was steak. It was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> you know, when you're told that you can't have something, you kind of want sure. it. So yeah. So I think my husband probably now when he eats out lunch, I haven't really asked him, but he's probably eating a lot of steak and things like that. Because I <laughs> I cook no meat yeah. at home these days. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. so <laughs> uh, yeah I can I can relate to that like for me I would happily not 
I eat far less meat than I do, but yeah, yeah. it seems like everyone in my house is a ravenous carnivore. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's just... well, it's it's a big time commitment actually to make sort of like healthy meals that don't involve animal protein because you you know have to get it from other sources and have mm. to be cooked a different way. It's a completely different way of cooking. So um, if you don't have a lot of time, sometimes it's it's not too easy. Mm. Sure. And how do you manage that in Japan? Because, like, in Japan, vegetarianism is not yeah. prevalent. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, and right. It's, it's meat and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if we if it's um, if we plan to go out for something to eat, and we know we're going to a certain area, there's a Facebook group actually. I think it's called Vegetarian. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Vegetarian Vegan group or something I'm not quite Mm -hmm. sure so I look up and you can look up by area if you do a search in like Shibuya then it will come up with like this amazing falafel restaurant or something like that so we'll we'll do that or push comes to shove I'm not I'm not I don't want to be sort of a a pain to everybody so I will just eat the non-meat part of what everybody else is eating when we go out yeah and then have something else when I get home or you know Mm. yeah yeah. Well, that, that's useful. So the, the, there's a Facebook group that's, yes. that you can join and yes. you can get all that information there. So yeah. that's awesome yeah. for people in Tokyo. In to- yeah, and mm. it, there, are, there are a lot. There are more than I ever realized, actually. Yeah, and a lot of vegetarian options within just regular restaurants now in Tokyo as well. So, mm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the up. It's on the up. Yay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's just go back in time a little bit to 21 yes. years ago. So yes. How did you find yourself in Japan? Yeah. How did that come about? Well, I had um, left high school and um, didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I wanted to travel. So I worked in France as a nanny for a little bit, and then I went to America. And I did that au pair in America program where you get paid a pittance. (laughs) (laughs) But you get sort of all, you know, room and board and stuff Mm. like that. And I worked for the most lovely family there. I was really lucky. So I spent a year in Alabama, actually. And then when I went back to England, I thought I would go back to university. But still, I didn't really have anything that I really wanted to study. So I left again. And this time I got like a proper nanny job, at better paying in New York. Mm. And they got the family got transferred to Japan and asked if I would come with them. And I agreed. Yes. And I thought I would stay for six months to a year and then move on somewhere else. But um, I met my husband after six months. So I kind of kept extending my stay. And here I am still in Japan (laughs) wow so you are you're being an au pair in New York and the family says we are moving to Japan would you like to come yes and so you were you just like yes of course or no I wasn't no not at all I really um I kind of didn't want to come actually um (laughs) but I'd been with them for a while and one of the the little girls had some learning difficulties and she'd kind of formed a bond with me so um uh yeah, I thought it was important to stay with her for a little while longer and, and settle her into Japan. Mm. So, But yeah, but the night before we came, because I was quite young at the time and I really liked to shop. And I had this nightmare <laughs> about not being able to read how much prices were on clothes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no interest in Japan whatsoever. No, right. I, don't think, I didn't even know what the currency was. Um, I think probably the only thing... That I knew about were like geisha and Mount Fuji or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, yeah. you got here and you somehow met your husband. How did that happen? Did you? <laughs> in a bar. In, in a Rapo- bar. In a bar in Rapongi. Oh. <laughs> 
it's very, it all sounds very seedy but it wasn't that it was it was a friend's bar and she he'd gone to visit her a mutual friend on that uh on the night that I met mm. him and I'd also gone to visit her and she got really busy so she said you two chat until it's um yeah I'm not so busy anymore so but he didn't really speak much English and I didn't speak any Japanese whatsoever so um yeah she passed us this dictionary over the bar yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and then yeah I think uh, that day that the next day I was going to Canada skiing I think and um I said oh I'll send you a postcard yeah and uh then when I got back he sent me a message and said do you want to go out on my bike on my motorbike so I was like yes (laughs) yes I do yes I do very much (laughs) yeah so that was it that was the beginning of story yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more exciting than my um, Eng- English class story. But anyway. oh, is, is, is that how you met your husband? Yes, yes, class? yes. Oh, cool. He was one of my students at the was English he? school. Was he? Oh, that. Oh, just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of and kind of not. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, so a different a different story there. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So it's slightly <laughs> embarrassing, but it's okay. <laughs> I've said it now. <laughs> Um, and so what did you do once you stopped being, did you continue au pairing? And, and... I did. Uh, well, I worked for that family here for a while. And then I worked for another family um, for a couple of years. And But they were both live-in positions. And by that time, I'd kind of figured out that I was probably going to stay with my husband or he was you know my boyfriend at the time so um I was talking to my mum and she's quite religious and she didn't I didn't really think that she would approve of us living together but she said oh no you should really live together with somebody especially when they're not your nationality because you really don't know kind of how it's going to be yeah so we did then uh, when we moved in together I changed jobs and I worked for an international preschool Okay. Yes, yes. And I worked there for a couple of years. And then I worked teaching English in a junior high and high school. Yeah. And then when I was working there, I got, well, I got married and then got pregnant with my daughter. So yeah, I quit. I quit there. Mm, I yeah. see. Yeah. And when did you start your current, your, your yoga studio? Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, I've, I don't know how many years I've done yoga on and off, probably almost as long as I've lived in Japan um and then so after I had my daughter I also set up a little business importing um baby things and that I did that for a couple of years Mm. um but then I moved on and I was teaching Zumba for a while actually so um yeah after teaching Zumba and realizing that my joints weren't as young as they used to be yes yeah then um I decided to to change paths because I was continuing my yoga practice was getting bigger and bigger and um I just wasn't enjoying teaching those really high power full-on Zumba classes sort of like four or five times a day it was it was quite a lot for the body so yeah I just I switched over Hmm. yeah and and when so when did you start your your own home the studio the studio yeah it's Mm. been open pretty much exactly a year now yeah next next week it'll be a year Yes. And how many classes do you have going on there at the moment? Uh, Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. There's three uh, opportunities to do three classes in in the mornings. And then um, I teach um, some children's classes in the afternoons. And then I also have the studios open on Fridays now too. It wasn't open for a while, Fridays. That's quite a recent thing. 
yeah and right. uh, mornings on Fridays too yeah. yeah so how many do you have in a class in your studio uh, a max of five people so it's quite quite cozy mm. yeah yeah okay yeah so there's sort of smaller smaller classes yes Yes, <clears throat> and they're of course in completely in English, or no? Actually, it's it's oh. quite interesting. I thought I would be teaching mostly in English, but I'm teaching mostly in Japanese. Most of my customers are Japanese. Yeah. Oh, really? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, so you can do both. You can do Japanese and English. I, yeah. I actually think my Japanese teaching is better than my English teaching because all my all my yoga language has been learnt in Japan. So oh, um, I see. Yeah. 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 So I, sometimes I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> in English which is very right. weird I never thought that was going to happen to me but yeah sometimes and also you know some words are just better in Japanese aren't they you know that from living here a long time oh you know, yes. it's just yeah yeah yes they just sort of explain so many so much in just one yes. word or yes. one or yeah. two words yes yeah. yeah or vice versa I mean some English words are, just fit the bill better don't they but yeah in yeah yeah sometimes I struggle teaching English uh, English yoga <laughs> if the truth be told mm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can you can teach in English and Japanese, yeah. but your yeah. most of your customers are Japanese at the moment. That's and right. Tell me a little bit about the kids' classes. How does that go? Kids yoga. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So I I plan very well for these classes for all sorts of scenarios, and um, often I haven't covered the scenarios. <laughs> they <laughs> they come up with something yeah. else. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, some weeks something will be very interesting to them and then you think oh I'll do I'll continue along this path and they're like no I don't want to do that that's completely not what I'm going to do yeah so right. yeah at the moment in the spring and autumn I get the aerial silks out and we do um aerial yoga with the kids oh. and they really like that they really like that, that I've sounds got it fabulous yeah. outside the studio there's a veranda we can hang the, the tissues from there yeah and they love that yeah in the in the summer it's too hot and in the winter it's too cold so it's kind of yeah it's like a treat for them they like it when I do that at the moment Hmm. oh very good yes yeah so um you've been you've had your own studio for a year so where are you heading with things Mm. uh, in terms of yoga well I at the moment um the studio's in the house and I, I intend to keep it that way I when I was teaching Zumba one of the hard parts of it was um traveling a lot with work and you know I'd, I'd teach for a class but I'd often be traveling 40 minutes either way so um that was quite tough so I really wanted to keep things as local as possible um so the studio there's an opportunity to make it a little bit bigger with a little bit of building work oh <laughs> so yes I think probably at the end of this year or the beginning of next year I will do that said building work yes wow yeah and um right now when you look from outside there is a big sign outside but it's it, it does it is a house it is a house when you come in it's it's very much a studio but from the outside it's very it's I think people that don't know about me and know about my business even if they want to come in I think there's kind of like a barrier like, can right. I actually go in there? Yeah, it looks so, like someone's house. Yeah, exactly. can I just rock on up and exactly. just ask? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's flyers <laughs> galore outside, but I still think it's kind of it's there's a, there's definitely a barrier there. I'm finding for people to to come in. So I'm going to make the the door into a massive glass door um, ah. as well. So I think that will yeah, there'll be no doubt then that you know what we're doing in the studio because you'll be able to see right in. So yeah. Yeah, yes. that, that sounds exciting. So yeah. expansion, physical expansion exactly. of your school. Exactly, and... yeah. yeah. And I've just started doing some um, Reiki training. 
right um, and I'd like to incorporate that into my work as well um uh, I'm at the very beginning of the training so I don't think that will be for at least another year but it's something that I'm working towards yeah very good yeah yes. so yes. you'll be offering all kinds of things <laughs> in the I hope so I hope so yeah and also you know I'm just one physical body and teaching yoga even though it can be very relaxing and it's really good for you if you're teaching multiple classes you know it is it can be quite tiring so I would like actually to employ a couple of people as well that's that's also on the horizon yeah um, that would be awesome wouldn't it and yeah have yeah yeah different yeah teachers yeah. working with you yeah exactly yes I teach other I do teach um some aerial yoga classes at um, another area of town and I do that twice a week so I can't have the studio open every single day so if I could have people coming in when I'm to teach when I'm not teaching I think that would be really good yes mm. yeah and maybe expand into weekend and evening classes at the moment because uh, uh, at the moment it's just um daytime classes yeah. Oh, yes. So, and would those classes be, um, you know, English or Japanese, or you don't mind, or I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm open. To, I'm open to anything. Anything that anybody can offer that you know I don't have at the moment would be really great. So, okay. Yeah. 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 If anybody out there, yeah, is a yoga teacher, and want, yeah, wants to um, contact me, please do. <laughs> I'm very open to yeah. Let's to put suggestion. it out there. Yeah. Yes. To the universe, to yes. the listeners. Yep. Yes. If you're, you're looking for. Um, yep. somewhere to teach yoga yes then yes Lindsay is the person to contact yeah exactly yes thank awesome. you awesome <laughs> we may get Brilliant. you an instructor out of this Lindsay <laughs> yeah, thank you very much and you've also been using your space for other things as well haven't you I mean you know you had mm. Jackie do a workshop there yes so yeah. you know there's loads of possibilities Absolutely. yeah for that yeah, space if, yeah. yeah 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 if anybody wants to use the space then I'm very open to um to yeah to to talk to anybody about it with whatever they want to do really my my sister-in-law is about to do um I think in the end of at the end of June she's she's hand makes things she's very crafty so her and a a co-op of women there's about eight of them I think are going to rent the space for the weekend and have a um a pop-up shop in the studio too oh a pop-up shop awesome yes yes there we go. We have, we have workshops, got pop-up shops, yeah. yoga classes, yeah. all kinds of things you can do in that yes, space. Exactly. And we know in Tokyo spaces are like gold, aren't they? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. If you mm. are looking for a space, contact Lindsay. Please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so obviously you've got a lot going on with your mm. classes and things. Is mm. there, you know, how does that work for you obviously you're a mother as well Mm -hmm. a wife you Mm. have family obligations how do you balance all of this or don't not balance it yeah (laughs) yeah it is it is quite a balancing act because my daughter um she is a she's a student but she likes to think of herself more as a circus performer she does yeah she she does aerials she's an aerialist Mm. yeah and she um the classes are at Kinshicho, so if you're familiar with Tokyo, I, we're in Setagaya, and Kinshicho couldn't be any further across the city. Not really. <laughs> yeah, than, than where we are, but that's that's where she does it. So she goes there four time, four or five times a week to practice. Wow. Yeah, and that's in the evening, so there's a lot of juggling. Often when I've just finished teaching a kid's class, I've got to be out of the house within 15 minutes to to then take her to an evening class. Um She's getting much older now, so some of the classes she goes to by herself, but some of the evening ones, that you know, she finishes at nine and then wouldn't arrive home till about eleven thirty. And I think she's just probably a little bit too young to do that train journey. 
by herself right. yet yeah so there's a lot of a lot of juggling um and quite often well after I've spoken to you this evening uh, this morning I'm going to then make dinner at lunchtime so I, I'm not sure what I'm going to make yet so because we have to go out this evening for a class so oh, I see yes yeah so a uh, lots of juggling that's basically yeah so mm. juggling and yeah racing <laughs> from juggling. Here to here. yes yeah and I yeah. guess once she's able to do the train ride by herself it would yeah. free up a lot more time for you yes mm. yeah I, I kind of like to support her though um mm. she's she's hoping to go to Canada to the Cirque du Soleil school so um it's uh, she may not be around in Tokyo for that much longer so um I think it's really nice and oh that spending time in the car with your kids chatting I think is one of the most productive talking times you can have actually tell me about that because a lot of kids are just plugged into their phones and the parents are driving and the kids are on another planet yeah how do you how do you make that work in your family um well well, we're sat side by side, so I'm not sort of like face to face with her saying, tell me what's happened with X, Y and Z, which I think sometimes can be a little, it can make them shut down a bit. But that's sitting side by side and me actually having to concentrate on the road. I'm not looking at her in the face. Somehow it makes uh, her a little bit more open to chatting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's a pretty open kid anyway, but I just like that time to sort of talk about the day and, you know, what her dreams are and, you know, who she, what boys she likes and, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think just just not sat opposite somebody sort of, you know, a teenager directly looking them in the face can can really, you know, make them open up, actually. Yeah, that is that is an awesome tip. I will remember that because (laughs) I have a seven year old, a six year old going on 17. So, um, (laughs) well, actually, even even when they're little, like my daughter would often say things in the car that she wouldn't say to me if we were actually like face to face when she was small, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I can use that one. Thank you. Yes, I please will. Do. <laughs> yeah, and I like even my little son who's three and a half. He Aww. he will say to us, "Don't look at me while I'm draw- while he's drawing. Like he doesn't ah, want us to watch him drawing. Or yeah. don't look at me while he's trying to eat something. Or you know, yeah. he doesn't like it. You know, to be watched or yeah. something. Just at yeah. this present time, is something yeah. he started saying. So. No, yeah. I, I can totally relate to that too. I remember doing tests at school and the teacher would come and look over your shoulder to see if you were writing the right answer. And that used to really bother me too. Mm. Like that, but yeah, if you're not too focused on, often I think you're a, you're a little bit more open, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we see people's lives from the outside, yes. you know, that always looks rosy and yes. cheery and Instagram worthy. Mm. And, mm. um, and that, so yeah, Tell us about something that's not that's not gone so well for you in starting up this yoga studio. You mm-hmm. know, has it mm. been an easy, um, straight <laughs> run to the finish line kind of thing? Or? Yeah, uh, no, no, not no. at all, not at all. No, I mean finances. I I really wanted to do this completely by myself. I didn't want to so, tap my husband for cash, if you like. So um, I did all the work to, uh, making the studio by myself, everything, ripped out carpets. I didn't want to pay for them to be taken away, so I had to cut them up into tiny pieces. So the regu- <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so the regular rubbish would take yeah. them away and all that kind of stuff, painting, um, you know, and anything that needed to be done, I did it all. And I thought, um, I'm quite handy, so I thought it would take me about a week. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. It took me six weeks. Actually, it was probably more like seven or eight, actually, to do it from start to finish. Um, 
to make the studio yeah so and the reason one of the reasons I did from home was again the traveling thing I didn't want to travel too far but also financially too I didn't know if I wanted to take the risk to actually rent a studio space and take the risk that you know people might not come and I might I might lose a lot of cash so um, financially it it hasn't been a struggle but with less risk because it comes less reward right so I'm in the house and there, you know, I don't have the big glass door yet. So people don't necessarily know if they can come in or not. So I I would really like to have a few more customers. Um, yeah, that that's that's the main thing that I'm working on at the moment, bringing more customers into the studio. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously making your studio with your own beer hands. That's, yes. That's quite amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So is there like any time when you just thought, oh, oh that I want to to quit or no um, no oh, no I'm quite determined you're quite determined <laughs> quite determined yes <laughs> no not at all no I quite enjoy I quite enjoy it. I like a challenge I like a yeah, challenge that, yeah yeah so you were <laughs> like in tears cutting up the carpet or anything <laughs> <laughs> no no not at all not at all I was coughing oh my a lot God. coughing a lot Just, yeah. do you know how much dust is in the carpet after imagine. it being down for 10 years yeah I can imagine yeah oh, and I broke the vacuum because there was so much dust coming oh out of the goodness. carpet yeah yeah but no, no, not uh, not in my mind or in my body or anything. Now it's just sort of one step at a time. That you know, you can't think too far ahead, can you? I think you've just got to keep in the moments and keep plodding on and plodding on and plodding on, and eventually things come together. Yes, that's definitely the way to go, isn't it? Like not yeah. thinking. Well, obviously having your <clears throat> your dreams, yeah. Like yes. I, I want to do this, but for now, I'm just sort of keeping my vision one step ahead of me and that's, exactly that's far enough yeah because exactly if you look about five or six steps ahead you're just going to get freaked out and <laughs> it, it's that's really frightening actually and I, I in the past I have had a habit of doing that sort of I'm I'm not even finished phase one and I'm thinking about phase 10 and then it, it, it somehow puts a halt on the pleasure of phase one and and it puts a halt on like can I actually do it and I, I don't I don't enjoy that. So I really try and rein myself back in and, yeah, just stick in the moment. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's sort of um, <clears throat> not the meditation thing, but, yeah, the mindfulness and meditation yeah. coming in. Yes. There. But, it, yeah, it yeah. works for yeah. not only for actual mindfulness and meditation, but for yeah. our strategies for how we are building a business or uh, in anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had the yes. same experience with my um, – my marathon, a half marathon training that I was doing. Did you do a half marathon? Oh, that's brilliant. Well, I tried, you see. And yeah. then um, yeah. I got very sick um, just before uh, it. And I couldn't actually right. take part in the half oh, no. marathon because I lost most of my conditioning. Um, right. But I yeah. did join in this 10-kilometer relay that brilliant. was happening during the marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was my first ever race, you know, like – running in a in a proper race that you're not made yeah. to do you know that you've done yeah, yeah, yeah. voluntarily joining <laughs> you you're know not made to do like yeah school. not a not a school one <laughs> you know it was my I like something I actually joined and yeah. paid money to do um, <laughs> <laughs> and trained for and then that's brilliant and then I, re- I really want to do that I can't yeah I do I kind of do yeah. I kind of don't because it's really hard work isn't it really hard it, work to train it is it is mm. and but the um I actually had a coach <clears throat> who yeah. I was working with because I was freaking myself out about it yeah you know, like I can't yeah. run 21 kilometers or yeah and my coach was like it's all in the training Jane yeah you know yeah. just 
bring it like you know we the training is the important thing it's not the race day it's yeah and I was like well I can train yes yeah <laughs> I can yeah. do training yeah what's, what's on the menu today and let's yeah. just focus on that and getting across that line today yeah with, whether it's a hun, you know running five kilometers or seven or whatever it is yeah but then when I actually got out on the race course you know yeah. when, you know running by myself out yeah. there yeah I totally freaked out and it Did was, you? yeah, and I was, because it obviously was my first one mm, and I was mm. like, oh, you know, that person next to me is running faster than me and all that, you know, yes, whatever, yes, got, yes, yes. like looking yeah. around at other people, what they were doing, yeah, not focusing on just, you know, getting to that next letterbox, it was, yes. you know, like, yeah. like thinking about the finish line, which was 10 kilometers away. Yeah. And yeah. I got the stitch and I, it was terrible. Yeah. It was yeah. the worst race ever. But um, <laughs> but you did it, yeah. But when I got to the end, I was like, right, yeah. I'm doing this again. Yeah. But it wasn't because you know it was like next time I'm going to do it yeah. this way, yeah. Yeah. So it was such yeah. a good learning experience. But yeah, I definitely did all. Well, the wrong how things. can you know if you haven't done it, right? Exactly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, well, at least you know, got all of that out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> the first, first one's done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I like to teach small classes is because you know in yoga you know, some people are so naturally flexible and then other people really aren't naturally flexible at all. And there's a lot of looking around and comparing yourself. And I think that's when injuries start. But if you can really see the whole class and see what people are actually doing in the class and see if they're noticing what other people are are doing, I think it's really helpful to just then bring them back to themselves. Like it doesn't matter what the lady over there is doing. You are here right now doing what you need to do for your own body. You don't need to stretch further than you feel comfortable stretching. Mm. Yeah. It's really important, I think, to to keep people yeah, to, in just their focused own on themselves. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. really important, isn't it? Just for pretty much every aspect of life. Yeah. Yes. Keep in your own lane and stop looking around at yes. what others are doing. Because there's basically no benefit to it at no, all. Is no. there? No, really? no, no, it just, it, it bothers you and freaks you out, doesn't it? Or it, it makes you feel really superior and that's probably not a great w- way to be either. <laughs> well, exactly. Yes. Oh, look at me. I don't, I exactly. don't have to do anything because I'm so wonderful or <laughs> yeah. better than everybody else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, yeah, let's take that away as, um, yeah, a little learning thing today. <laughs> yeah. Don't compare to yourself to others. There's yes. really nothing in it. Yes. Yeah. No. So no, easy to all. say so difficult mm. to do yeah mm. <laughs> mm. 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 yeah that's interesting yeah. that that's something yeah that that you notice in your yoga class as well definitely yeah? and it's something that I do sometimes in class as well if I go to an advanced class often I just if I if I start looking around at other people I start to feel not very good about myself too so um there you go yeah yes. even yeah. a even a um, a person who has their own yoga studio can of feel inferior sometimes. There's yeah. somebody always better than you. I mean, <coughs> I don't really have much of a handstand pra- uh, practice. And, you know, there's some people that can hold handstands for minutes. Um, you know, that doesn't make you feel good if you're looking at that and you're, you know, you're just kind of bunny hopping. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. I, maybe if I, you know, if I try, then I'll get one. Or maybe if I don't try, then that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're very much just, yeah, pick yourself up and get going again. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. So um, what would you say is one of like, if you think back over, you know, you know your, mm. your life, one of your made mm. your biggest, uh, biggest chances for learning that you've had on this journey so far? 
biggest chances yeah. for learning oh wow jane that's my question <laughs> yeah so um, it could be about japan or something studying this business that you have or yeah i mean i guess i'm constantly learning you know with my japanese i think my japanese is really good but then you put me in a new situation and i don't have the vocab for that situation and then you quickly have to kind of get up to speed again and then um there's something that i really like about yoga as well there's always something more to learn um you know i think when you start to feel really accomplished in yoga is probably like a it's probably not a very good t- not a very good thing to do to feel really accomplished because literally so many more things you can learn and so many more places that you can go so i'm constantly learning so I don't know that there's one particular point. It's just a everyday thing for me. Mm, yeah, mm. it sounds like learning is very much part of you and yeah. You know, and and mm. I didn't I didn't really think it was going to be like that because at school I was well, I was a crap student. To be I'm allowed to say crap on this show. Yes, I don't you know. were allowed to say crap. <laughs> Crap's okay. <laughs> I was awful at school. I mean, I would you know I had a certain amount of intelligence, so I got by, but I didn't study ever because I just wasn't interested. I was not interested at mm. all in what they were teaching me. Yeah, but it's only since I've really started, you know, since living in Japan and then starting on this yoga journey that I really, I, I do believe that I like to learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You can change that belief about yourself. Oh, I'm mm. a crap student. To mm. actually, I like to learn. Yeah, mm. just yeah. not what the just teachers not. at school were trying to teach me, which <laughs> exactly. is really useful anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you found that yeah, yoga and the the knowledge base that is yoga yes. is an amazing pool to dive into and swim yes. around in. And yeah, yeah. yeah. What, one thing that I do every day <coughs> is take at least thirty minutes or, or an hour to read something that's going to further my knowledge with yoga that's something that's really important to me to keep going with my with my learning yeah yeah that's awesome and you do that every well, almost every day every, I'm I sure. mean almost every day yeah yeah, yeah pretty much every day mm. <clears throat> that consistency is is where you you know you'll look up one day and go wow look how far I've come yes just by doing this 30 minutes a day that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah I wish I could do the same for kanji my, kanji, motiva- <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> my motivation there is a bit lacking Yes, oh, me too. Yeah, well. <clears throat> I'm about to start down that road with my daughter. She's just gone started primary school. Oh, she itchinense. She's an itchinense. Oh, sweet. Yes, sweet. and she's just about to start bringing home homework and things like that. Yes. And um, I'm trying not to get too freaked out about it. <laughs> I w- I was okay up to third grade, and then my daughter's kanji like surpassed mine like very very quickly. And um, and yeah, and now. I mean, obviously, she's she's a two san. So, what's that? Junior high, third grade. So, she reads like an adult. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do not. My my kanji is still stayed at third grade kanji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm hoping to sort of use this as a chance to improve my own oh, gee, knowledge if as you I go do, along. Like, if her. you can, if you can get that like fifteen minutes a day, and you can promise yourself to do it, do it because. Yeah, it's it would be it would be an easy way to do it if you have the if you can have the discipline and the time to do it. If I had my time again, yes, I'm all listening. I'm listening. Again, listening. Yes, if I had my time again, I would definitely do it. I would study the kanji along with my daughter. I will do that. I will try. Yes, yeah. 
because yeah. it seems rather hypocritical of me to say, well, you need to study this, but I can't read that. So, um, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the tricky thing with in Japan, isn't it? Like if we were living in France, we would be easily be able to read and write French, but because the characters are different, it's quite yes. a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a real mission to be able to. Yes, and it's just ongoing, it. isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, a student, it's never done. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. I guess I never really learned kanji properly. Like, mm. I was in an accelerated class for Japanese when I was in high school in New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. And because I kind of got chucked in there, mm. um, oh, you're good at, you're very interested in Japanese, you love yeah. learning Japanese. Okay, you go in this accelerated class. And yeah. I didn't get a really good foundation in kanji. And right. so I was sort of like struggling with that since yeah. forever so for the last yeah. sort of 25 years basically yeah. so yeah. um yeah I think this will be a chance for me to have a do-over yeah so yes go oh, back do and... it do it do it I'm I'm cheering you on <laughs> thank totally you cheering you on and then if I get something I can't read I can just send it over to you, and you can yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um you know <clears throat> It would be great to yeah to have a have another go at that sort of spectre of yes. kanji yeah. now that through and with my daughter together and make that a little bit of our special time together yeah. every day and um, let's see if I can keep it up. So now that I'm talking yeah. about it on the podcast, yes. that's more likely for me to actually do it than yes, um, you've made a, you've you've committed you've public committed. declaration. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> But I find oh, that works for me. You know, I don't like to go back on things that I've said. Right. And when I say things like this, and especially in public to, you know, all of my listeners out there, yes. then I'm more likely to do something. So it's very powerful yes. for me yes. you know, yeah. um, to commit to something like that. Whereas other people would be just like, yeah, well, I said it, but, you know, hey. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's what it, that is one of the areas of my life that I'm a little bit ashamed that I've never really kind of like made the effort to to really study because I've never studied Japanese I've just kind of listened and learned right you, so, you've been immersed when you exact, arrived and that's exactly. how you learned it yeah exactly yeah yeah um maybe one day I, I'm not committed maybe one day I will make a commitment <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that amazing that you know mm. just from being plonked down in Japan yeah, you know, through some twists of fate, that you know now you do speak Japanese and you can go about your daily life fairly independently. Yes, you've yeah. even got a you've got a business, you know. Yeah, all of that stuff you teach yeah. in Japanese. That's really amazing, and I think yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. fabulous. Yeah, yeah, and that that's another point. Like, if you do, if there are any listeners here that are thinking about starting businesses in Japan, you don't necessarily have to. I mean, some level of Japanese is obviously very helpful, and my sp- my spoken Japanese is. I guess it's pretty good, but my reading and writing, honestly, it's appalling. So if, you, if you've got a small group of people around you who are willing to help you with any kind of official papers and things like taxes and stuff like that, I mean, you really can have a successful business in Japan. You can, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's and a lot of opportunities for, for, for foreign women here. There are. Have, yeah. yeah, a business. And I think, mm. and do you, would you say that, well, I've noticed that being the, especially of my area in Fukushima, mm. there's there mm. very few foreign women. Mm. Um, you know, I just stand out naturally, yes. you know, yes. because I look different. And that yeah. gives me these opportunities that just wouldn't come my way if I was in my own country. Exactly, exactly. And there's there's so many things that are difficult about living in a foreign country that if there are some things that are easier for you than might be, you know, easier for somebody, uh, you know, a national, a local person, then take those opportunities mm. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, um, there's even some uh, women in our foreign women community who offer services to help women with who don't have the Japanese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that, you know, like um, I'm going to give a shout out to Laura Mar- Marushima. She mm-hmm. is an awesome assistant and mm-hmm. she can help you with that <clears throat> sort of stuff. Brilliant. Um, if you don't have perhaps a partner who's Japanese or yeah, some yeah, yeah people around you yeah. to help you with those sort of things. Yeah. 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 When, and when I had that um, little import business that I had, I imported um, baby shoes into Japan. Do, baby do you shoes. Have those? Yeah. yeah. You know, those little baby leather baby shoes that I think they're really popular in, in, the really you know, soft in America. Ones, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I linked up with a guy with an English company and we wanted to import those shoes into Japan, but because of like, there was certain situation uh, a certain rule in japan where where importing leather is very expensive yes, yes um yeah and um so we wanted to sell the shoes for about four or five thousand yen and their tax alone was going to be about four thousand five hundred yen no so, on, yes, baby <laughs> on baby shoes on baby yes, shoes so, exactly oh so God. there's the, but there's always a way to figure it out so we went to um a place called Jetro, is it Japan yes. External mm. Trade Organization? Yeah, and they were so helpful. And the, one of the guys pulled me out of the room at the meeting. He said, do you know why the tax is so expensive? And I said, no, I don't. Nobody will tell me why it's so expensive. This is what I'm having a problem with. And he told me the reason. And it was because um, leather workers traditionally in Japan were treated like, um, you know, outcasts. And they mm. weren't allowed their name on the, the Korsuki Tokon. What's that like? The family register and stuff like that. They were treated like, you know, they were untouchables, basically. So yes. now the leather is the leather industry in Japan really protects them by having heavy import duties on Oh, so they've gone the Export. other way by now overprotecting these previously exploited people. Exactly, mm. exactly. Yeah, so that's why. And I, then it made sense. Instead of me pushing against some kind of rule that I couldn't understand, I, I was like, okay, well, then I accept it. So now I've got to work around it. So what we did was we just imported uppers that weren't made into shoes already. And then we found... I, um, a lady down the street worked with leather and she introduced me to a guy who introduced me to a guy who introduced me to another guy who then said he would put the leather on the bottom of the shoes so then we put we had the shoes made up in japan then oh, and then the yeah so there's always there's always some way to work around something here you just kind of what got to a think, fabulous story about- <laughs> yeah really really think outside the box like what can we do here yeah. yeah yeah and it worked the only I think the reason that I stopped doing it though because lead time was so big then right you know I couldn't just order the shoes from England and they'd be here within a week I had to order the uppers and then I had to have them made and then I had to hold a lot of stock sure um, so yeah it, that that was the thing that became a little bit difficult but it worked for a couple of years and I made quite a bit of money doing it actually so um yeah yeah, think outside the box. Definitely, you can do and you can do anything in Japan for sure. <laughs> you can mm. look yeah. at us. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You've got a yoga studio. You know, <laughs> yeah. I live in Fukushima, and I've got a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And exactly. you know, you can yeah, you can totally do any, anything in Japan, and that's what I love. So yes, yeah, I'm really happy to have you come along and talk about all your your experiences. Like that is yeah. such an interesting little history you have there of how yeah. you got here. And yeah. the things you've done since you've been here, that's really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yes. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, finally, mm. what would you say to our listeners who are, who maybe they're a little bit new to Japan and that maybe struggling mm. with being here? Mm. Um, mm. What, what would sort of advice would, as you as a 20, 21 
year resident of Japan give? Yeah, everything takes time, doesn't it? So uh, for me, there was a kind of a romantic period where, um, you know, I loved everything Japanese and like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. nori, I love nori. Oh, rice crackers, I love rice crackers. And then after about three years, um, you know, I had a bit of a slump, I think, and just sort of like, you know, everything, you know, I wanted Marmite and yeah. uh, I wanted Lincolnshire sausages, you know, this kind mm. of sausages from where I'm from, that kind of thing. But like, just give yourself some time and get, get yourself some support, you know, family, friends, whatever. Um, and really, if it's not working out, then reconsider, because I do have a couple of friends here really genuinely not happy. And um, they've decided mm. to make the transition back to home. And I think... I think that's probably the right decision for them. Yeah. Uh, but I genuinely am happy here. And I think part of it is, uh, you know, I've got a really lovely family. Um, I've got a good good support work, uh, support network of friends. Um, I've got work that I enjoy. I, um, yeah, my meditation practice really helps, I think, just keeping me grounded and calm. Um, I exercise obviously you know I do yoga but I like to go out for like a, a little run I don't do I don't do marathons or anything like it I run like two <laughs> kilometers but like really, really clears the brain I think just to get into, the, get into yep. the body move it a lot and then you can kind of move on from those thoughts that might not be quite so positive but yeah support network physical practice is probably are probably the two biggest things if you you know if you have a commitment to stay here then I think those two things can help but really if you if you do have the option to leave and you're not enjoying your life here I think it's also important to acknowledge that and maybe make steps towards making a change also Mm. yeah I guess um one thing I I noticed over the sort of 15 years that I've been here is that you basically you cannot escape yourself oh yeah (laughs) so wherever you go there you are are, and your troubles will go along with you so exactly you have to figure out what it is about Mm, you mm, that's making mm, things difficult mm, mm. and being in japan is not going to help that (laughs) pretty much exactly Um, exactly it's not going to make it easy no it's going to make it whatever it wants it's going to make it maybe worse perhaps also i think i can't remember what i was going to say then that's really annoying (laughs) I had this like amazing thought and it's just gone somewhere into the maybe maybe it'll come back never mind yeah wherever you go there you are you can't escape yourself yeah you need to do your inner work yes um Japan being in Japan yeah that's not gonna help isn't gonna help and yeah that's probably that was probably basically it yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry not to worry Mm. yeah well anyway Mm. so to wrap up Mm. so what um yeah where can we find you if you know if someone is a a yoga instructor wants to come teach or wants to go to a class where can people find you okay so if you look up and it's uh, it's easier to find in english than it is in japanese i think setagaya yoga studio if you if you do google search for that my website will come up um Mm -hmm. you can find me also the same setagaya yoga studio on facebook and instagram although it you know, on Instagram, if your name is, this is a question for you, Jane, because my name is, I think it's Sawada <laughs> Lindsay on Instagram, but like yeah. then underneath it, it says Setagaya Yoga Studio. Do you know what I mean? Like my name. Uh, that might be your business yeah, name. Maybe. Is, maybe. Mm. I think probably if you search for either Lindsay Sawada or Sawada Lindsay and then mm. uh, Setagaya Yoga Studio and also on Instagram, you can find me. Definitely I'm on Setagaya Yoga Studio on Facebook. 
Um, yeah, I've got my website. Uh, you can call me 090-5317-4121, book in a class. Um, happy to teach uh, outside the studio as well. I sometimes teach a lunchtime class um, at an office and it's basically upper body sort of stretches and stuff. So people feel a little bit better in the afternoon. I can do that too. I also teach at a university, um, teach the kids yoga there. So anybody who's got a class who would like a yoga teacher to come teach at the class, I'm happy to do that too. Um, yeah, open to all sorts of suggestions. Wonderful. Yes. Well, that's awesome to have. Now that I know a bilingual yoga teacher yes. in Tokyo, that yes. really helps me as well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And next Jane. time I'm in Tokyo, I'm going to pop oh, up yeah, to your studio. Oh, yeah, please do. Please do. And yes. because you've been so extremely <laughs> kind to me, then the class for you will be free. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very generous of yes, you. Yes, have um, me on your I'll podcast. Have, I'll have, so, I'll have yeah. to come and see it now, definitely. Yes, please do. Um, please do. And have a workshop here. The... Have a workshop with some people. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. There's so many possibilities, yes, isn't there? It's exciting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And anybody oh. who's listened to this podcast um, and Benson mentions your name, also they can have um, a class, the first trial class for a thousand yen rather than two thousand yen. Are you listening, people? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. That's a great little offer for listeners out there. Yes, thank if you. If you can make it to one of Lindsay's class, she and mention that you heard it on Jane's podcast. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thousand yen off your first trial class. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Yeah, a little me bit more too. Thank you so podcast. much, Jane, and thank you for uh, you know listening to my cheekiness and allowing me to be on your show. Oh no, but look what happens when you're cheeky. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again okay, soon. Thank you bye. so much for coming today. That was the very, very fun interview with Lindsay Sawada um, from Setagaya Yoga Studio. Um, she is so bubbly and fun, isn't she? So I can imagine her yoga classes are just really great. I can't wait to go and try one myself next time I'm in Tokyo. So if you're looking for uh, yeah, a yoga studio to go to, um, maybe you're looking for one in Japanese, maybe you're looking for one in English, who knows? Um, yeah, Lindsay is um, the lady to go to so you can find her on Instagram uh, her handle is at uh, S-A-W-A-D-A Sawada and Lindsay is spelled L-I-N-D-S-E-Y you can find her yoga studio website at www.setagaya so that's S-E-T-A-G-A-Y um, a and then yogastudio.com or you can find her on Facebook at um, Setagaya Yoga Studio as well and yeah she mentioned that uh, she is going to give listeners to this podcast um, 1000 yen off their first uh, trial lesson which is usually 2000 yen um, if you mention that you heard about it on the podcast so that's really really nice offer as well so I hope you will take that up if you uh, do go and yeah she's mentioned she's looking for um, other yoga instructors who might like to use fit space um, she's looking for other people who want to use the the space for maybe you would like to have your own workshop or a pop-up store 
um, she's very open to different things. So yeah, get in touch with her. She's, as you've heard, very, very personable. And um, yeah, she's really interested to, to meet all kinds of people and have yeah all kinds of things happening in her studio there. So yeah, that was a really great interview. And if you would like to be interviewed on this podcast, then just ask. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what Lindsay did. And, um, you know, we hadn't actually spoken to each other before this podcast. So I don't know if you could tell. Um, but yeah, it was super, super fun to get to know her a little bit more through that. So, you know, if you do want to be on this podcast, then do just reach out to me and say, hey, Jane, I'd like to be on. I'd love to talk about XYZ. Um, and yeah, let's do it. So I'm always looking for um, really cool people to talk to. So yeah, get in touch with me. I'm at Jane Nakata, J-A-Y-N-E Nakata, N-A-K-A-T-A on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at Transformation Retreats with Jane Nakata. Or my website, www.janenakata.com. So yeah, plenty of ways to get in touch with me. And yeah, let me know if you'd like to be on this podcast. I can't wait to have a whole big um, queue of people <laughs> lining up to be on here. All right. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye.